Wow. Hello, Hunt. Um, it's been a while. Um, we we took a little break after our Scream Six episodes. Uh, because basically life got away from the both of us. We took a spring break. Yeah, we just we just needed to do things in life, and we didn't have time, unfortunately. But we're back with a vengeance. Um, if you didn't know, I am your british host v and i'm your american host meg hello long time no chat like we haven't even facetimed in the time that we've been apart so this is like a long time of us not facetiming like we texted and normally we text every day but like we both were so busy that we weren't texting each other every day so this is like like oh my god i get v back yay (laughs) yeah i had a i had a trip to austria for three days that was amazing and then just been doing stuff like going to the cinema and then just relaxing that's what i've been doing my family from germany was here for my dad's memorial and we went to nashville so i showed them like a true american honky tonk bar even though we exclusively stayed at bars that were playing rock music. So I was like, I can't fucking do country. I can listen to any type of music, but I cannot listen to country. Like, it makes me mad. Oh, interesting. I love a bit of country. It was super funny, though, because at one bar that we went to, this guy, like, after a song was like, I just want to take a second to shout out the greatest country in the whole world. The USA, baby. We may not be perfect but we're trying and he like was going on to like thank like police officers and like you know our representatives and all that which there's a lot of controversy in Tennessee right now so if you if you don't know about that go and look into it it's too much to get into on a horror podcast but I looked at Lavinia which is my German cousin and I was like is that true and she just looked at me and goes (laughs) I was like that's accurate It's like not even funny how delusional some American people are about America. Like, they don't realize that in other parts of the world, America is a big fat joke. Yeah, and like, (laughs) here's my thing we are great, but also, are we? (laughs) It's a big red question mark on that. It is a question mark. Now, there's one thing that we cannot deny, though, is that America does make some banging movies. They do, yes. And, you know, have been some bangers. Obviously, Scream 6 got loved from the critics. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, everyone was fucking geeked about that movie, dude. Literally. And it's made so much money at the box office, which, honestly, I'm kind of surprised, not surprised about. But it feels like horror is having a big renaissance with like box office money it's earning you know evil dead rise that hasn't even come out yet is also getting loved by the critics at the moment like oh my god i'm so excited it has like a 97 percent on rotten tomatoes or something and like I am so fucking excited for it. I feel like this movie is going to be totally different. Obviously, it's a different setting. It's different characters. It's different everything. But the trailers have made it seem super good, which is like Mm. exciting, but also scary because we've been down that rabbit hole. And if you go back and listen to our reboot episode, like I'm kind of indifferent on the reboot of Evil Dead because like no surprise, I love kind of like silly, goofy horror movies. And that's kind of what the original Evil Dead is to me. But I rewatched Evil Dead with Val's mom because she was like, I want something that's really going to scare me. And I told this to my tattoo artist, Adrian. I was like, because we always talk about horror movies. And I was like, she told me that she wanted something that was like really going to scare her. And he was like, so what'd you put on? I was like, well, the first movie, because I didn't know like what to show, I put on Train to Busan. And I sent you a picture of me crying after Train to Busan because like, yeah. But she was very gripped. But when we were watching Evil Dead, um, the the remake, oh my god, she was like cackling at some of the stuff. She's like, oh my god, like when she took that um electric car, where she was like, "Adios mio, Margarita," and I was just like, <laughs> "Yes, adios mio." Um, but I had shown her um Evil Dead two before because I was just watching it and I was like ten minutes in and she was like, "What are you watching?" and I said. 
uh, one of my favorite movies. Do you want to watch it with me? And she was like, sure. And so she watched it and she was, she enjoyed it. That's why I put on the reboot for her. But when I told my tattoo artist that I made her watch it with me, he was like, oh my God, you like really went in on her because she never watched horror movies before she's come to stay with us. And, um, now when I come home at night, like when we're out doing something, she's watching a scary movie when we come home. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. I have that effect on people. No, honestly, like, because, because, you know, I decided, not decided, but like, I've been going to the cinema a lot more Mm -hmm. this year just to watch things. And I am taking my parents with me most of the time to watch these films with me. I always have the same conversation with my parents that they don't realize they've watched horror films until I've told them that the film they've watched is a horror film. And they're like, oh, shit really and i'm like yes so you watch more horror than you think and i think that's a case for a lot of people they're like oh my god horror no and i'm like okay well have you watched this film and they're like yeah and i'm like that's a horror have you watched this one Mm, that's a horror too so the fact that it's getting so universally loved once again like it feels like a renaissance for horror this year yeah dude i (laughs) i am pumped about it. I was talking to Val about this yesterday. I was like, I'm so excited for this month in movies because I was so excited about Renfield. I thought it came out last night and I was like, I'm gonna go see it, but then it comes out next week. But I'm super excited for Renfield and Evil Dead Rise. I just hope yes. they don't let us down. But there has been a lot of announcements about movies since we've been away. And I'm super excited about one in particular. Would you want to get into yours? And then I will get into mine. Okay, I say one in particular, but it's actually three. Um, <laughs> so something obviously that we've talked about a lot um, has been the X trilogy, which yes. that's fucked up what they did to you guys with Pearl. My heart aches for you. Oh, you you guys don't know. Um, Basically, in the UK cinemas, they released Pearl, but for a week. And it basically had no showings after that. And so I have to wait until it comes out in demand because I missed that week window. It was the week window of when I was prepping for my Austria trip. So I didn't really have the time to go see it, but I wanted to go see it. But I couldn't, so unfortunately missed out. So I have to wait uh, just a tad bit longer to watch. I am very sad for you because... Me too. Mm, it's so good. But they released the cast for Maxine, which mm-hmm. has a lot of people talking. It has people like Lily Collins in it um, and Kevin Bacon, which is really interesting. There's some other people, but one thing that I was kind of like interesting was Halsey I mean that kind of makes sense to me because when she released um her album if I can't have what love I want power she basically did a whole like film around the album and there was like horror themes in like the film she made for it so it makes sense to me that Halsey's in that I'm not a Halsey fan so for me I'm kind of like Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm super excited for this cast. But what yes. cast I'm even more excited for? <gasps> Go on, tell us, Dilling. Yes, is the cast of Del Toro's Frankenstein that we have so far. So, um, he is at the helm of creating a Frankenstein for Netflix. Um, he's going to be directing the film, writing the story, and the screenplay. As of right now, who's cast in it? It just keeps getting better. Andrew Garfield, love him. Oscar Isaac, other daddy love after him. Pedro. Mia fucking goth. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. I'm so excited. <laughs> Are you excited by any chance? I'm so fucking excited. That is like a stacked cast, dude. And I think yeah. she is supposed to play Victor's like assistant. But I'm hoping that we're going to get her as the bride because my soul would definitely lift out of my body if I saw that. Like. 
there there would be nothing better for me. Yeah, I mean, is he going to do the bride in it? Or is he going to leave the bride for potentially Netflix to do a second one? Because technically, Bride of Frankenstein is the sequel to Frankenstein. So we're just going to have to wait and see if he wants to maybe tease the bride or if he's going to just completely leave the bride out. And I'm going to be interested if he follows, like, the Mary Shelley formula. Like, if it's Mm. going to be a very closely linked to the original Frankenstein or if he's going to take liberties with it. If Because obviously he's he did Pinocchio. And I think it was like, I feel like it's, I don't know if it's more true to the Pinocchio story, mm. but I think that Del Toro is very respectful of the source material. Yeah. So I think he's going to be respectful to the Mary Shelley. Um, because I think big so up too. her, love her, love her to death, uh, Mary Shelley. <laughs> and I like that it's going to be him pretty much crafting the entire thing, because, you know, I'm, like, a sucker for when people do that. But, like, thinking about his previous movies and, like, something that makes me love Frankenstein so much, ab- above all other Universal Monsters, is, like, the aesthetic of it. Like, I think that... Mm-hmm. It was made so well, but like thinking about Del Toro reimagining that is, oh my God, has me shook right now because it's going to be so beautiful and so haunting and just everything that I ever wanted. And I'm already going to say that now. I have my hopes way up. You can just look from his previous work that he has got the aesthetic down. And I don't think we could have asked for a better director to re-adapt or bring back to life get it bring back to life yeah uh frankenstein (laughs) so i think it's in perfect good hands and it's gonna be probably really amazing yes and speaking of something that's probably going to be really amazing i know that you're you you might not give a fuck about it but um eli roth's thanksgiving movie Mm. So the trailer that was attached to um, Grindhouse in 2007, um, which was Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, um, they kind of had like dummy trailers before the movie. And, you know, that Thanksgiving one was like something that everyone talked about. And we've mentioned it on here before. We are actually going to get it around Thanksgiving time this year. Are we surprised? I <laughs> no, I, I but honestly, I was lo- low key like, is this coming out this year? Like, or is it gonna be mm-hmm. like a, you know, to be continued? We'll see if it actually gets a date. But it's reported that um, it's supposed to hit theaters November seventeenth. I don't know if that'll be the same for you, but I'm so pumped. Probably not. <laughs> I think that he is like the king of gore. And I'm super excited to see what he's going to do. And it makes me happy that we're going to get a splatter fest of a Thanksgiving movie. I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. But we're just going to have to wait and see. If it, if it even gets released in the UK, that's, that's another question. Is it even going to get released over here? That's true. They started filming a couple of weeks ago, so... Hopefully they get this ball rolling and hopefully they figure it out for you guys. But I mean, I don't know. You watch the trailer, right? Um, I think you sent it to me and I did watch it. So like I'm kind of like bits and pieces in my brain, but I don't fully remember it. Okay. I'm <laughs> I just remember parts of that that I'm like, I hope make it into the movie. And I love when he makes cameos in his own movie because he made a really funny cameo in that trailer. And I'm just like, I hope we get everything that that trailer gave us because that would make my heart so happy. I mean, I feel like he will try and continue include everything that was in the trailer because the only reason he's making it is because fans loved it. Yeah. Loved that little, like, made up trailer and he probably wants to do it justice for the fans that encouraged him to make it so but we'll have to see we'll have to see i'm pumped about it but i know that you're super excited about one movie in particular that i know nothing 
about. So I need to hear some news about Five Nights at Freddy's because I've been seeing posts about it, but I haven't read them because I'm like, I know V will cover this in horror news, so give it to me, baby. Very, 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 very exciting news that came out um, a couple of days ago from when we're recording this. Jason Blum announced that the Five Nights at Freddy's film is officially going to be released on the 27th of October. I did not think it was getting released that soon. Honestly, nobody did. Nobody did it though because they're still currently filming it at the moment. So, see, here's my thing. That's a mixed bag because don't rush it. I don't think they're rushing it because they don't need to take a lot of time with the post-production due to the fact they're using all practical effects. Okay, I see. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah, so they don't need to digitize anything in the film because everything is practical. The animatronics are real animatronics. Oh my god, I fucking hate animatronics, dude. They're freaky. They are. But this is why I want us, when this comes out, to cover animatronics films because there has been a couple that have come out on the back of the success of the games for Five Nights at Freddy's. And also there was an official picture released. I've seen it, yeah. It's very, very, very exciting and interesting to see how, like, this is the first time Blumhouse, I think, is really going to be adapting a game to a big screen. As people who have been fans of FNAF have known that um, the FNAF film has been in like basically development hell previously before it got onto Blumhouse like it was like will they won't they it's been cancelled it's been revived sort of thing so the fact that we have a release date it's still currently filming they're doing practical effects with Jim Henson's Creature Shop and you know Matthew, Matthew Lillard is in the film of all of all actors, Matthew fucking Lillard. So whether it will be good or not is to be remain to be seen. But I am still very, 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 very excited for it. And that release date is going to guarantee asses in those seats. Exactly. Very close to Halloween. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I know that Five Nights at Freddy's had, like, a massive cult following so not Mm -hmm. only are you going to have those people that are loyal to the actual game but you're also going to have people who just want to go to see a scary movie around halloween time and if that's getting so much buzz that's just going to generate even more ticket sales Mm -hmm. oh it will be remain to be seen whether or not it does well but i have hopes it will but i have hopes that Salem's Lot will also come out this year. Well, I keep looking on IMDb and it keeps stating on IMDb that it is due to come out this year. <laughs> but it's still very much in the air because I don't believe it because even though it's still stated to come out this year, we don't have any official pictures for it. We don't have a poster. We don't have any teasers. We know nothing about this production of it. I'm so sad. I have... Um, a Barlow tattoo on my arm and I went to get blood drawn yesterday and the lady who did it was like oh that's a Salem's Lot tattoo and I was like oh my god yes it is because everybody thinks it's Nosferatu and I always have to be like oh haha thanks because I don't feel like getting into it but I'm hoping I see another blue vampire on the screen this year we will we will save that there's a few like little like bitty bops that I just want to run through um just because we haven't covered a lot of horror news um, because we've been MIA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we try when we did Scream 1 2 3, we tried to do horror news and the first audio messed up so we just gave up. So, we're just we're just making up for it. We're making up <laughs> we're for lost time. It. Yeah. So, Jordan Peele's fourth film is going to be released at Christmas 2024. We don't have a title, we don't have a plot. But we we at least know it's going to be around Christmas time next year. I'm I am so pumped. I wonder if it's going to be a Nope sequel because isn't he said that he's going to do a sequel for Nope? 
I don't know. He has like quietly stated they're all like connected in some sort of way, but he won't say how. I have been seeing what? interviews with that fucker and he <laughs> everyone asks him like what's the connection and he's like <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, and I'm like, you fucking. It's the dick. fucking comedian in him is getting too comfortable with this shit. <laughs> tell us how they're connected, please, sir. Some of us aren't smart. <laughs> we definitely aren't smart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we brought our brain with horror film. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes I I tell people like when I have a horror podcast, they're like, oh, like you just talk about horror movies. I'm like, no, like I know that like useful information has been tossed out of my brain to fit useless horror movie trivia. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like the amount of information that has rotted in my brain since we started this is absolutely ridiculous, but we move. We move. <laughs> yes, we do, baby. <laughs> okay, so next bit is Linda Blair will be joining the cast of the upcoming Exorcist trilogy reboot. Okay, yes. Thoughts and feelings on this because people are excited, people are skeptical. Because the director, David Gordon Green, is also the person that developed the new Halloween reboot trilogy, which people said started off strong and ended very poorly. So it's interesting that they're bringing back Linda Blair just as he brought back Jamie Lee Curtis, because I I feel like it could go either way. I'm an exorcist loyalist, and I, I don't think that they should touch this movie. I don't think it really needs a reboot. That's what I'm saying. I don't think so either. I can see them continuing the Halloween franchise. Yeah. But the Exorcist franchise, I'm like, it's it's quite literally perfect just as it is. Like, just leave it yeah. alone. It's the, it, it's the fact that it's still so widely talked about, so widely loved, and it still holds up. That's the key thing. It still holds up. It's in still scary. Exactly. And the fact that you want to reboot something that there is nothing wrong with, absolute travesty. It doesn't need a reboot. Can we stop? Like, there are some things, yes, I understand, potentially need a revamp, a reboot. But when it's something like The Exorcist, which is so iconic from the poster to the film to the characters, you don't you just need to leave it alone and leave it how it is because you're going to tarnish the reputation of the original if you do that does it say who she's playing no it just says that she's she's joined on to the trilogy Mm. so Mm -hmm. we we will see if she's going to be you know reprising her old character is she going to be a new character we don't know we were going to have to see when more information comes out I'm pretty sure they cast who's supposed to be Reagan. I don't even know if it's Reagan. But, hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. I have my, like, my peepers out on this movie. I'm definitely going to watch it, but I'm skeptical about it. I think think I'll watch, because if it's rebooting the trilogy, I'll watch the first one, see if I like it. If I don't like it, I will not continue watching the others. If I do like it, I will then go into the next one. Still skeptical, but still want to watch it, and then just go film by film. But I don't know. I I don't think I'm gonna like it though. I always try and have some sort of like optimistic view on movies, but like I, I said, this one doesn't really need to be remade. So we'll yeah. see. We will see. Anyway, speaking of bringing back people, Bill Skarsgård is currently not attached to the Welcome to Derry. It prequel series. So does that mean they're gonna hard is that does that mean they're gonna recast Pennywise? Are they gonna hardly show Pennywise? Or aren't they going to attach him later on down the line? Give me Will Poulter as Pennywise. He was supposed to be our Pennywise. Just give this to him, please. Please, I'm begging you. I don't care if he's in clown makeup. I wanna climb that man like a tree. A well. Well, I mean like him and Bill Skarsgård, though, like, 
Anyway, I'm off in fantasy land. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know how they would. I mean, isn't Andy Muschietti supposed to be directing some of the episodes? Like he's attached to some of it. So it's kind of interesting because he's the one that got Skarsgård on the film um, because the original director that was slated to direct that is the one that wanted Will Poulter. So also this um, It franchise, I feel like really revolved around Skarsgård. Like people loved his Pennywise and he has such an iconic look as Pennywise. It'll be interesting to know if he's not attached to the project, if they recast Pennywise who they're going to cast and if they're going to keep the same look because it is a prequel so it it really could be a completely different person because Pennywise is a shapeshifter and can take on any form that he wants to. I don't know. I I'm neither here nor there. I will be tuning in. Mm. But I think that it would be sick if Will Poulter was Pennywise because yeah. I've been thinking about him as Pennywise ever since I knew that. But I think it would be a shame for them to lose Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise because he has done such a great job in the two films. So I don't I don't think they should be done with him so quickly after two major films. Okay, here's my thing, though. It might not be that they're done with him. It might be that he's done with them. Like, he could be, like, done with the role, which is completely understandable. But it is a prequel, and I haven't really looked into it much, which is kind of crazy because I'm an it stan. But I wonder how far into the future it's going to be set, because that could play a role in who they cast. Yeah. Okay. I've just um was scrolling on our Twitter. Um, follow us if you want. At Horror Huns Pod. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of um, welcome to Derry. Um, this week they actually announced four cast members. Okay. Um. So the series is being developed. The four it will star: Taylor Page, Jean. F- oh God, I'm gonna absolutely butcher these names it's okay again (laughs) if you listen to any of our previous episodes v and i are readers um we don't we don't know how to pronounce anyone's names i'm so sorry Mm, yes so sorry darling so sorry okay i don't i just pulled it up too i don't know any of these fucking people i'm just googling some people Okay. Jovan Adepo from Babylon. Okay. Chris Chalk. Okay. He, I think he was in Overlord, which is a Nazi zombie horror film. Interesting. And James Raymar. Raymer. Again, don't know how to say anyone's names. Interesting. How old are these people? Mm. Are they young? Um. So, so James Raymar is sixty nine. He's okay. been in Dexter. Okay. And the Warriors and Sex and the City. Probably Mortal seen Kombat. Him. Hold on, let me Google him. Yes, you would recognize him from Dexter. I think he's Dexter's dad. Uh, uh, oh yeah, he is Dexter's dad. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, and he that's that's Sex how we know City. this man. Oh, Dexter's <laughs> dad. Yes, <laughs> we know this man. <laughs> yeah, um, Chris Chalk. Chris Chalk is forty-five. So is this the adult cast? Are they only going to do adults or are they going to do children? I don't know. It is mainly adults at the moment. Um, It looks like a very diverse cast at the moment. Yeah, it's it's just going to be interesting for sure to see where this series goes. Uh, Because we still don't really know much about it, do we? No, we really don't. That's why I'm very intrigued by it. But this is also one of the um, things that I kind of don't want to know a whole lot about walking into Mm. it because I just want to be surprised. Yeah, I kind of do. But at the same time, I would like to know what to expect from it. Kind of like Welcome to Camp Crystal. Like I kind of want to know what to expect from it. I'm if just that gonna, makes sense. I'm just going to go in blind as a bat and just hope that I enjoy the ride. Yeah. 
well, yeah, yeah. We will see. We will see. But I think that is it for like the things that I, you know, that you would, deemed you important. Find interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, the the um, it's going to be a Japanese remake of the Cube, which is quite a good um film. Um, which is quite interesting that there's going to be a Japanese remake of an American film, considering it's normally the other way around. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. When we rewatched Train to Busan, I told Val and their mom that they were going to make an American remake of it, and they were like, what? <laughs> Listen, this is why I do enjoy the horror community, because we 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 look at this shit and we're like, why does it need... <laughs> To be a remake of an already good film that you can either watch subbed or dubbed. Doesn't matter. Whatever you prefer, whatever you find easier. It's it's so accessible to watch foreign films. Yeah. If you're... Just just give it a chance. There doesn't need to be American remakes. I was about to say, <laughs> some films don't need remakes. Trying to boost on. And some films just don't need to be made. House of a Thousand Corpses. I watched that and that shocked you that I had put that on. It was like 8.30 in the morning and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch it. And I will never get that time back in my whole life. But I still stand by my sentiment that um, they need to remake that film solely for the purpose of putting Jennifer Coolidge as Mother Firefly. Wow. Look at these corpses. yes but um we had mentioned going in blind to things and the movies that we're talking about today i went in totally blind i did not know shit about these movies when i first watched the original and i'm so happy and um i don't know about you but i fucking love the babysitter series you know i when i saw the first one when it came out in 2017 i was like oh this is gonna just be a really dumb film like really dumb which it is and i'm gonna probably not enjoy it but i did enjoy it it was so strange like i was i was like wow why is this so good and i think i know why it's so good why (laughs) samara weaving's in it (laughs) yeah so I watched this during like COVID quarantine and I I was just like, okay, it's a horror movie. Okay, it has a cool poster. It's on Netflix, whatever, 2017. I had zero expectations for this film, but it was so fucking fun. And if you haven't seen either The Babysitter or Babysitter Killer Queen, they are both available on Netflix here in America. I don't know about over there. I think they're Netflix originals, so. Yes. Yeah, the Netflix over here. And the main cast is pretty stacked. Yes, it's a very, very stacked cast. But, like, also, it's got some, like, people from Vine on there. It does. So the main character, um, Cole, played by Judah Lewis, but um, is starring opposite of Samara Weaving as our main antagonist, um, B. So... If you haven't seen The Babysitter, still watch it if you listen to our podcast, because it's definitely worth it. But essentially, um, this 16-year-old boy has a babysitter who is Samara Weaving. And as he states in the movie, you know, people make fun of me for still having a babysitter. And then they see my babysitter and they stop making fun of me because I want her to babysit me, too. Mm-hmm. She is the, I guess ringleader of a um cult that worships the devil (laughs) yeah she's a cult leader what ensues in this film is just good old-fashioned fun this film actually kind of made me like bella fawn dude same she was fucking (laughs) hilarious in this movie (laughs) like the dumb cheerleader it's always needed in these like in you know teen horror films but she was so funny i could not stop it i was like at the end of it i was like okay i kind of like you like you can act so cole goes to sleep and samara weaving invites all of her friends over for a little game of spin the bottle 
Bella Thorne is included. And the the ensemble of these teens is so fucking funny. Like, they all work so well together. The dialogue, I thought, is hilarious because it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, there's that spin the bottle scene which was not scripted and a lot of people had um online seemed to have issues with the Samara weaving Bella Thorne makeout scene homophobia that's what that is that is homophobia they they were online because I was looking up stuff after I rewatched these they were like that's for the male gaze and I'm like but I peeped that too I mean, what what are you surprised by the guy who directed Charlie's Angels that he would put that in like this film? <laughs> no, it was just it just made it better their comedic input on this scene. And like you said, Bella Thorne, like I did not expect her to be as funny as she was, but when she got shot in the boob and she's like, My titty's gone, my titty's gonna be deflated, no one's gonna wanna suck on my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking dumb but it, it's just oh, so good like even king batch who was a viner <laughs> he was so funny in this he had some of the best lines in that movie too like he was so yeah. good yeah like I, I still can't. Whenever I see him, I still can't get over his fine of like spaghetti falling out of his pocket and him just going. <laughs> while trying to put the spaghetti back in the pocket, that will forever be one of my all-time favorite vines. One of my favorite parts about this movie is um <laughs> when he looks at Bella Thorne because she has on her cheerleading outfit and she goes or he goes, "You look like Big Bird's side bitch." I fucking lost it, dude. I was like, I don't know if this is um, scripted or if they just improved half of these lines because when he, when sacrifice Steven got sacrificed and he's like, I got AIDS. I know I got AIDS. Two out of three people have a STD and he was just freaking out about it. I'm like, there's somebody out there that would actually act like this, but like they just make it so much funnier. <laughs> Oh, they do. They do a hundred percent. But what I also like about this film is that when Cole, you know, they realize that Cole has seen them do this and then everyone basically tries to kill him. He doesn't really want to kill him. No. Like, like you're made to think that she does, but she, I don't think she does. I think she likes Cole too much. And obviously in the sequel, we, we know the same thing. Like we, we know that she doesn't want to kill Cole. But it's just the 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 com- comedy that follows when they're like, Did did he see us? Did, did he? he not see us? Yeah, and then it just kind of derails from there because they're all trying to kill him. And he ends up killing them all anyway. Which I think is so fucking funny, but these deaths were wild. Like, this movie, if you haven't seen The Babysitter, I did not expect much from it because of just how, like, silly it was in the intro, but, like, this was... I said it before with Eli Roth. It was a fucking splatter fest. Like, any reason for them to have, like, blood just projectile shooting at someone, they took their shot. It wasn't too much if you know what i mean it was just the right amount for this film yes like the deaths were like silly but still like really bloody the deaths remind me of one of my also one of my favorite horror comedies tucker and dale versus evil uh because that is also like very stupid very funny and um if you don't know what the premise is basically these teenagers are like going camping and they basically see these two redneck guys and they're like oh my god they're killers they're weird blah 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 they think that like they're the bad guys but actually tucker and dale the two hillbillies are just like the dumbest nice guys ever and they accidentally start killing these teenagers because the teenagers think that that at like whenever they see them they're gonna kill them and they're like no no we're not gonna kill you and then they accidentally end up killing the teenagers so it reminds me of that like comedy level of kills 
Yeah, and I think that something that works about this movie, it which happens a lot in horror comedies, is they kind of make the horror tropes silly. Yeah. And they, like, even comment on um, it in the second movie. Like, he's like, the black guy, I died first, of course. Like, they made the super macho guy, Max, um, chase around people. And, like, he was constantly shirtless, like, when he was chasing Cole. And there's um, even a part where when he's chasing him, because, like I said, they use tropes from other horror movies. He goes, like, Friday the 13th. Like, this movie is just so silly. It is. And... You know, I don't think a lot of people have given this film and the sequel enough of a chance. Right. Just based on the, you know, the the poster. Like, when you see it, like, oh, it's probably going to be, like, a vampire film or something. But no. No, it's a slasher. And it's so good. It's actually quite an underrated jam. I think definitely it is an underrated jam because it's dumb, but it's fun. And one thing that I saw, because a lot of the times when we're going to talk about a movie or something, I'll just go on the internet, um, Twitter or uh, Reddit, or I like to use Letterboxd too. Uh, I will just kind of go and see what other people have been saying about it. And I saw a lot of shitty reviews for both of the movies saying how things like were unanswered and there was like loose ends in these movies. But something that I really like about horror is that it doesn't need full explanations of things. Like it can explore stories without having to, like, flesh out every little detail about something. And, like, it's gonna be wacky. It's horror. It's not real. It's, it, it might be goofy at times. And that's what these movies are. They're goofy. But also, they're expecting, like, high-level shit from films that are just supposed to be silly goofy. It doesn't matter if there's loose ends. It's a comedy horror. Get over it. Not every single film creator is a Jordan Peele or an Ari Aster. Some people are just making a movie to have a good time. And that's what you get with The Babysitter. Like, you just get a teenage boy being chased around by a murderous devil cult cult that's led by Samara Weaving. Like, why would you want anything more? Like, you see blood and Samara Weaving. Like, hello? A hundred percent. And I think, was she in Ready or Not before or after The Babysitter? So Ready or Not is a 2019 film. So this film came out before. Maybe. People haven't enjoyed this film because maybe they watched Samara Weaving in Reading or Not and like saw her in a very serious well serious role I'm doing air quotes because Ready or Not is like also kind of silly goofy in some parts yeah like the ending especially is silly goofy like exactly <laughs> like but like that I wish that people would give comedy horrors more of a chance yes and not expect too much of them because they're not out to set like Oscar breaking, award winning shit. Subliminal messages make... and like little yeah. things. They just want to make something like, hey, I think this could be a quite a funny premise. Let's let's do it, sort of thing. Like the Evil Dead films, like we spoke about earlier, starting out as like silly goofy, you know? They don't <sighs> I don't even think needs to be serious. This gives low-key Evil Dead vibes because, like, yes, it's a horror movie and, like, it should be taken seriously as a horror movie, but, like, they lean into the comedy, like, how Evil Dead leaned into the comedy in the second one. It just is what it is. Like we said, not every movie has to be some profoundly deep movie. This movie is so fun. I enjoyed pretty much every fucking minute of it. Like, seriously. 100%. And then, obviously, we got the sequel. I liked the sequel. It wasn't, like, better than the first, but I still enjoyed the sequel a lot because we got Jenna Ortega. Yes, yes, yes. And so the sequel um, came out in 2020, so following three years, which 
I find kind of interesting because I don't know if you knew this, but the original one was actually written in 2015 and it like won an award for like best non-adapted screenplay or something like it had a lot of talk about it. So I'm kind of interested that the 2017 movie came out. It didn't get great reviews, but they still made a sequel to it because I guess like we're talking about the people that like it really like it. But the second movie is called The Babysitter Killer Queen, which I'm a huge Queen fan. So like when I heard the Queen song at the end of the original movie at a very pivotal part, I was like, yes, this movie fucking rocks even more than I thought it did. And then the sequel came, Killer Queen. And I'm like, fuck yeah, this movie double rocks now. <laughs> it, it's so interesting how they continued the story from the first one. Like, yes. we see we see Cole, he's basically traumatized from what happened to him. Because all of the bodies are gone. Everything's yes. cleaned up. He crashed the car into the house and she hid all of the evidence. Yeah, like, um, crazy woman. So no one believes him. No, but it happened. Well, did it? Yeah, it did. It did. Um, but he basically starts to like this girl called Mel- Melanie, which was, she was in the first one, like his lifelong friend that lived across the street or like next door or something. And his parents are going to send him to a psychiatric high school because they think that he's psychotic because he keeps saying that all of this happened, but there's no evidence. And I think that's so fucked up. I think that it's fucked up that Melanie didn't stand up for him when they were children. And I think that it's even more fucked up that his parents didn't believe him. Well, she she is a bit of a dodgy character, though, isn't she? Yeah, she even comments, she was like, we were hiding from people because there's a scene where he goes to her house for help. She's like, we were hiding and like, I heard noises, but I didn't see anything. She's a sketchy one. She's a sketchy one. But I think he starts to like her because she is long blonde hair. She very looks like Very powerful B. lady. Mm-hmm. She looks like B. She is another B. Eh. Um, but... The introduction we get for Phoebe, General Tager's character, is probably the most entertaining thing this film has brought me. I was gagged when she came in and was just like, "It's I'm late. And they're like, what do you mean? You're on time. She's like, no, my period. I'm late. And she was like, it's been however many weeks, nine weeks, and I think I've decided I'm going to keep it. Because she's brought in to be like this outcast from like a juvie school or something. And she just, she walks into that classroom and she owns it. I fucking love Jenna Ortega. She just, every role she is given, she just owns it. She eats. She does. Uh, She feeds the children. She eats. So uh, it was like probably one of the best character introductions in a horror comedy I've seen for a while. Because you kind of understood what this char- who this character was like straight away. Like, okay, she, she knows people are going to make assumptions about her. So just start giving them bullshit to just continue with and just not care. It's interesting because she walks into this world where we already know these characters because they brought back the entire cast of the first one, which I love, even down to the parents. They had connections like Melanie's dad's car. um, and, And she walks in and she fits into this world, which I love that they did that with the writing. But, um... Cole goes to the lake with Melanie to escape his parents sending him to a psychiatric high school. And um, lo and behold, Miss fucking Melanie and her friends are trying to make a deal with the devil. And I was like, okay, we've gone down this road. I just watched this and the other one. And then they bring back the people that were killed in the first movie. I honestly thought the way they brought them back was so good. Yeah. Like... Oh my god! And the way Cole was like, 
huh what what are you doing at night was please no go away you're not here (laughs) you died yeah like they brought them back because i guess they can come back every two years and try again to like get eternal life and to get their wishes filled but i love that they brought them back and i like how they showed throughout the night them getting enticed from samara weaving and all of their little things being like i wish i could do this and my favorite my favorite cutaway scene was when Max was frying something like he was a not a cook but he was like a server and he was still completely shirtless but he had his name tag still on that character I fucking love Max (laughs) I honestly love they took some of the like just took tropes from horrors and just amplified them to dumb (laughs) <laughs> too dumb yes yeah <laughs> he he was trying to teach cole how to stand up for himself in the first movie and like he was standing up for himself in this movie and he was like cole when you killed me honestly it made me like you a little bit more and i'm just like <laughs> you're so fucking dumb dude <laughs> honestly and like again like he's he was the actor who plays him is a Vine star. The fact that we got like two quite popular Vine stars in like both these films and they absolutely smashed it. Yeah, they were great. In their roles. Like, it, it goes to show that Vine, Vine was it. It was the one. It did things. It was the one. And I liked that it was not the same old shtick. Like, they were out in the desert. It was a little bit different, but still the same vibe. And Jenna Ortega brought a whole new energy to this movie because he had someone that was believing in him and alongside him trying to figure this shit out. And her fight with Melanie, when they did, like, the... That's something that we didn't mention. They do, like, words across the screen. Like, they'll be like, what the fuck like across the screen but their fight scene it was like they were in mortal combat yes uh, it it gives me scott pilgrim vibes yeah yes oh my god i didn't even make that connection these movies really do feel like scott pilgrim yeah they're, they're like a horror version of basically something that you would find in scott pilgrim which which probably why I really enjoy them because I love Scott Pilgrim so much. Dude, and have you seen the fact anime? that they're doing an anime <gasps> yes! of the Scott Pilgrim yes! and they're bringing back the original cast? I'm so excited. Sorry, not horror, but like <laughs> I read all of those uh, books when I was uh, really young. So yeah, I fucking love Scott Pilgrim. But yes, this does remind me of Scott Pilgrim and Jenna Ortega being the bad bitch that she was in this role was just so good. Throwing that snake at them, like every part of this movie was just a dumb, enjoyable blast. Honestly, it's when B comes out of the water near the end oh (gasps) my god i didn't think that she was really going to be in this movie because we got snippets clips of her like i said bringing on her cult together yes but she wasn't there on the boat she wasn't in the desert and then she emerges and the stories start to click and we find out that she was also phoebe's babysitter Oh my god. She's just another world entity, which also leaves it open for them to potentially do another film. That is very true, because their plan backfires. They have to mix the blood of a sacrifice, and they also have to Virgin. mix... Virgin. No, no, no. They have to mix the blood of a sacrifice plus the blood of an innocent. So their innocent was Cole, because they're like, no one's gonna fuck Cole. But little mm. do we know, him and Phoebe hook up. I think that I think that they hooked up during that dream dance sequence. That would make sense. That would make sense. In that sequence, like this series just goes for it. Like <laughs> it was so stupid. But their plan backfires and everyone starts exploding and then B tells them this essentially was kind of part of her plan. She was actually Phoebe's guardian angel. She was supposed to die and she made a deal with the devil to save her life. And that is why B is one of the best characters 
in the babysitter films. She is, you think, scary mean, but she's actually doing this to, like, protect these kids. Because she technically, they could have killed them for their blood, but she was going to just take it out of their arm while they were sleeping, knock them out. And she, like, genuinely cared about them. Mm-hmm. That is what I was saying about the first one. Like, you could tell that she didn't want to harm Cole. Yeah. Like, she didn't want to kill him. And then you get to the second one, and when, you know, the ending happens, and you're like, ah, makes sense. Like, she never wanted to harm him. She never wanted to kill him. In a single tear, when they did the E.T. fingers before she exploded. Oh, my God. Yeah. These movies are just fun. They're Dumb. <laughs> they are in no way meant to be taken seriously. Like they're oh, giving God. camp. There's just no other way to say it. Like they're lighthearted horror. Easy viewing and I definitely recommend them. Oh, a hundred percent. Like people just need to give it a chance. That's all. Just give it a chance. And who knows, you might actually find them quite hilarious like we did. Yeah, they take horror stereotypes, horror tropes from movies like Friday the 13th, and they make them, like you said, stupid. And they somehow make this story fun, even though its level of stupidity is so high. It's like the um the final girl film. Yeah, yeah. Like they took the like tropes of slashes and stuff like that and just turned it to dumb which is poor which again is why i love it like i as much as i love my serious horror my gory horror i love when horror can take the piss out of itself yes no one can watch super gory dark angsty sad horror all the time you can watch horror all the time but sometimes you just need this lighthearted dumb horror to get you through a day yeah exactly and you know i'm just like a sucker for pretty much most film genres but like i feel like horror has the most expansive catalog there is something for everyone because it it dips its like little toes in every pond that there Mm -hmm. is every little genre like i said at the beginning people don't even know they're watching horror so like people probably watch the babysitter it's like oh it's a comedy it's a dark comedy probably not like think like thinking it's a horror film and to tie into what i spoke about earlier you know why i suggested these movies i came home one day and alex was watching them val's mom and i was like alex Uh are you Watching The Babysitter, she was like, yeah, I was on Netflix. I just put it on. I wanted something to watch. And I was like, this is what I'm saying. I have broadened your horizons and you're watching something that's just a fun, goofy time. So, yeah. And plus, plus, we just saw Samara Weaving and Jenna Ortega in Scream 6 together. So, exactly. you know, touch base Full to circle our previous moments. episode. Yeah. <laughs> circle moments. So, Lynn. But I think that's it. I think that was, you know, a good way to bring ourselves back. But, like, ease ourselves back in. We're probably going to do some very fun episodes for, like, the next couple weeks while we ease ourselves back into this. But you know we're going to put out bangers either way. Like, even if they're easy episodes, they're going to be bangers. Yes, and if you have anything that you want to hear us talk about, or if you just want to share your sentiment on The Babysitter, you can always tweet us at Pod, or you can shoot us a DM or a comment on our Instagram at Podcast. V runs our social medias, but shares things with me, so if anybody has any suggestions, comments, or like, I fucking hate you bitches, you know, I'll see them too. It's like, you know he did it to me but meg have you got any final thoughts for today's episode oh my god you flipped turned it on its head (laughs) it's like a whole new energy in this room today um yeah i want to see more dumb horror movies filmmakers if you're listening to this out there which i know that you're not please make some more dumb horror movies thank you that's meg's stamp of approval And we will see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye, bitches.